so special, right? I, uh, I think I could probably safely speak for um, all the dads in the room. Um, I know there have been some great conversations going on already. Um, I know there's been great encouragement been going out already. Uh, but daughters, I know I'm speaking on behalf of all of us. Like We would do anything for you. There's, there's nothing we wouldn't do. I mean, including like getting your nails painted, you know. My daughter and I drove up on the break uh, just in this afternoon up to the, the giant sequoias. And I was out, you know, taking a picture, you know, so my hands were out and I'd forgotten. <laughs> Some guy walked by and looked. And... <laughs> but I would do anything. I'd do anything for Leilani. Um, and then you pause and you think, Whatever that is, like in a dad's heart uh, towards his kids, imagine that times a million, gazillion, trillion, and that's God's heart toward all of us. That's such a huge gift and blessing. And we're just here to kind of bask in the goodness of it, um, all his love for us. Uh, you have those moments, don't you, with each other where... Um, Something good happens, and maybe, maybe it was planned, maybe it was unplanned, and all of a sudden, uh, you're laughing super hard with each other. On this one particular night with Leilani, this was several years ago when she was just a, a little one, and uh, I'd go up, and we'd get her settled into bed, and on the nights where I was going to read her a story in bed, and she was at that age where she was reading books that were made of cardboard, big pictures two, three words on a page. And it's at the end of a long day, and so I'm tired. Um, I'm happy to be like cuddled up with my daughter in bed. The lights are kind of down dim, but just enough for me able to read the book. And on this particular night, we're cuddled up, and the book that we had was called Sharing. Oh. And, and it went something like this. Sandra shares her orange drink with Billy. Oh, and every page was just as gripping as the next. And so, so about halfway through the book, like she's all in. And, and I've got to clue you in a little bit. As goofy as I am, God left a little bit of goofy left over and put it in my daughter. She has a sense of humor and she's sharper than I am. Well, we're continuing to read the book. Now, because I'm sleepy, because it's a little bit dark, because the book was an absolute bore, I'm flipping the pages and I'm starting to kind of get a little bit heavy eyelids. And we turn to the next page. I'll tell you what the page says. What the page said was, uh, Bobby shares his paints with Linda. But in my tired condition in the dark room, what I accidentally read out loud to my daughter was, Bobby shares his pants with Linda. <laughs> and immediately I was like, what kind of horrible book is this? Who would do this to, to children? This is wrong. And immediately my daughter goes, Bobby shouldn't share his pants with Linda. I said, you're right. And if Bobby ever tries to share his pants with you, daddy's going to share his fist with Bobby's face. 
that's how much I love you. And it was just one of those moments where the joy of the moment and our hearts, you know, just filled up. And, and to this day, we, we just can't even look at that book that still sits on the shelf without laughing. It's also that weird reminder of how much like just one little word can make a huge difference. And in that context, for sure. But I want to talk about one word tonight that can make a tremendous difference to your heart. We've been talking about the heart this weekend. We talked about the heart last night. Just that reminder that it determines every aspect of our life from what we say to what we do. This morning we talked about the fact that the heart is subject to influence. And if there's a whole lot of good going in, then our hearts will reflect that. If uh, there's a whole lot of bad going in, then our hearts will also absorb and harden to that. But there's something that the Proverbs talk about with regard to hope. And hope is the word that I want to talk about tonight with regard to your heart. Hope. Now, if, if you're like me, you've had seasons where you've had great hope. It's been easy to find hope. And if also you're like me, you've had seasons where you go, I don't know where the hope is. I can't seem to find it. I've looked for it here and that didn't pan out. I've looked for it over here. That's not quite working for me. I don't know if hope's going to return, if it's just the season without hope. Where, where has the hope gone? But in Proverbs, it says something interesting. It says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Hope deferred. In other words, hope that you haven't got to experience yet. You're, you're longing for something. You're desiring something, but it has not yet arrived. That makes the heart sick, that, that waiting game. And, and yet, when a desire is fulfilled, it says, then it makes the heart glad. And hope is a massive issue. And I would like to talk to, about hope tonight that it might bring some healing to your heart, some strength to your heart, some actual hope to your heart, a hope that lasts, a hope that's not just fleeting with one particular moment, but a hope that you can carry with you every single minute of every single day, regardless of what it is that you're going through. Hope for me is often difficult to find when things are tough. When there's a lot of trouble going on, that's when hope escapes me. That's been my track record. And then the more trouble there is that robs me of hope, then I just come to expect more trouble. That's kind of how I'm wired. I'm way more Eeyore than I am Tigger. You've probably caught that by now. But that's the way that I'm wired. And so I really have to kind of fight for hope. And when things get hard, then, then I'm going, goodness gracious, my heart does feel sick. And it doesn't have to be my own hope. I could be around a family member or friends, and if they're hurting and they're struggling, then it makes my heart sick too. But God, you know, he operates different than me. And praise God for that, right? I'm not God. And that's a good thing. And he is so entirely on his own level. And he operates in a way that's so different than me, often opposite than me. 
So this is a case in point. For me, trouble robs me of hope, but God, but God actually uses trouble to build hope, if we'll let him, if we'll let him. God uses trouble to build hope. And there's a passage in the scripture that I would love to take a look at tonight. If you have your Bible, go to the book of Romans. Go to chapter five, about three quarters of the way through your Bible, if you're not real familiar. You'll find this this book of Romans. It was a letter that Paul wrote, inspired by God. It is rich. There's so much amazing stuff in the book of Romans. The front part's all about the gospel. The second part is all about how it plays itself out in our lives as believers. This lands in the first part. And in Romans chapter five, verse one, it says this. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. That deserves like an amen or a right on or a woohoo or something because there's a lot of big words in there. But this is the hope of what Jesus has done for us what he's done for all of you, what he's done for me, what he's done for peoples over all races, over all eras of history, over all nations. Our Jesus is is the bringer of the ultimate hope. And when I put my faith and trust in him, way back at 15 years old, when that happened, because of what Jesus did for me, some amazing stuff changed. My heart changed. And then he made me from an enemy of God to being a friend of God. Amen? Right on? Woo-hoo? Uh, he, he, he made me, instead of being guilty before him, he, he declared me not guilty. Amen? Right on? Woo-hoo? Yeah, that's good. The daughter's got it. Fantastic. And, and this is something to really celebrate. This is massive. If you and I can't find hope in that, that our maker, our creator saw us with dead hearts, hard hearts, broken hearts, lost because of our sin and didn't leave us in that condition, but he came for us and he took the punishment for our sin on himself so that we don't have to take it so that now we can have a relationship with God, our relationship's been reconciled, and now out of that relationship, we'll spend eternity forever with him, and he's walking with us every single moment of every single day. That's some real hope. That's phenomenal hope. That sounds a little pie in the sky. Sounds a little overly optimistic there, Ron. Well, I guess so if your relationship with Jesus doesn't have any bearing on your day-to-day life, then yeah, I guess that doesn't apply. But, but my Jesus and your Jesus, he came not just the moment in time to rescue you, but to change everything about your eternal destiny and to change everything about your heart and infuse 
a whole new way of operating and a whole new way of thinking. And that's linked to this hope in Jesus. You know what he's done for me and you is just like beyond comprehension. You know, I, I think about, what, what's your name, sir? Joey. Joey. So it, it's kind of like this. Uh, you know, if, if this were a big, huge courtroom and I were a judge, and let's just say that Joey has, uh, unfortunately, you've had a bad day, Joey. You've committed a crime. You've committed murder. And now Joey is hauled into my courtroom here, and you've confessed on the way in to the crime. You're guilty of it. Now, as a good judge, Joey's a fair judge, I have to punish that crime. Uh, I can't just look at that and go, oh, whatever, it's no big deal. I know who you killed, and they were annoying anyways. He kind of did us a favor. I can't do that. That's not justice, and that's not a good judge. And it would be within my rights and the proper thing for me to do to bring justice to the situation. In this case, justice means punishment has to go out. Uh, you took a life, and so therefore now a life has to be taken. In the grand fairness, that's the way it would roll. You come in here, you've confessed to it, and you say, okay, I, I, I've committed that crime. I say, I'm sorry, Joey, but um, it has to be punished. But here's what we're going to do. And I turn to an officer in the courtroom, and I, I say, uh, go get my son for me. And they bring one of my boys in. They bring Brody in. And Brody comes up, and Brody and I have a little bit of a conversation. And then you hear Brody say, yeah, Dad, I'll volunteer for that. And then I turn back to you, and I explain the situation. I say, hey, Joey, you're guilty of murder. That's a big deal. And I'm a God of justice, and justice has to be served. And so here's what we're going to do. The punishment that you deserve, that should land on you, my son Brody has agreed to take the punishment. And they walk my boy outside and they execute him for your crime. Now, justice has been served. He's taken it. You, Joey, are free to go. That's exactly what Jesus has done for us. Amen. Every single one of us. And in some big words right here, that's what's being described. That we were declared then not guilty. The guilt was put on my boy. Now, if I ran into you a little while later, a couple of weeks later, on the street, and I went, oh, Joey, how's it going? He went, oh, wow, your honor, great to see you. This is awesome. And then, Joey, you said, hey, while we're here, I know this is kind of crazy, but um, your honor, could you lend me 50 bucks? And, and I said, oh, wow. You know what? I can't do that, Joey. And then Joey turned to me and said, you must not love me then. Turner walked away. If that really happened, Joey, I'd whack you right over the head. <laughs> I'd get the gavel and come chasing right after you. And yet we do the same thing to the Lord. I'd go, what are you talking about, Joey? Don't you remember what just happened a couple of weeks ago, what you did, and then what happened here in this whole scenario? And my son voluntarily gave his life for you. That's how much I care for you. And now, because I won't give you 50 bucks, you think I don't love you? And I do the same thing to the Lord, though. After all he's done for me, and then some trouble hits, 
And I pray, God, take it away. God, change it. And it doesn't happen the way I want, in the timing I want. And I go, oh, God, you must not love me then. There must not be any hope. Daughters, fathers, anytime we start to lose hope, we better come back to the cross real quick. We better come back to the gospel, the good news of who Jesus is and what he's done. Because that is the place of hope. And it's the source of hope that will, will trump any sort of circumstances that you're going through. Jesus is that source of hope for me and you. It continues on in verses three and four. Take a look. Now, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Hello. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Can we talk for just a minute about the process of hope? You guys, there's a process to hope. It isn't just like a light switch that gets flipped on. Not that God can't do that, but more often what he describes here is how hope grows in me and you. He says suffering leads to perseverance. Perseverance leads to character and character leads to hope. So if you're here or you get down the road in a couple of weeks or girls, if it's a couple of years from now and you're going, I don't feel like I have much hope. You turn to Jesus, but then remember the process that he's gonna use to build hope. If you look at this, this word of God right here and you go, I need more hope. Well, where does hope come from? according to the word of God. It comes from our character. Hope comes from our character. It comes from our maturity. It comes from our integrity, the character that God has built in a heart that's centered around him. You go, oh gosh, well, I, I need some more character then if I need more hope. Well, then you gotta ask, well, where does character come from? According to the word of God, character comes from perseverance. Character is built or developed when you have that courage to not give up. And just let me pause there on that one. Dads, daughters, whatever age you are, there's gonna be some moment in your life where you're gonna wanna give up. It may not be on life, but you're gonna just wanna say, I'm gonna throw in the towel with following Jesus, or I'm gonna throw in the towel on obeying the word of God, or whatever it is. There's gonna be a temptation that we're gonna wanna give up. Can I just encourage you, don't do it. Don't do it. Can I encourage you with this too? Even at your worst, Jesus will never, ever, 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 ever give up on you ever, and you just rest in that, then when you're not only at the end of your rope, but you've let go of the rope, and you're free falling, and you go, I got nothing. It's actually probably the best place for us to be. Jesus is still there for you. He's still active. He's still aware of what's going on. But don't give up. Don't give up, because as you persevere, as you endure, 
then that builds character. And as your character is built, you are able to access hope found in Jesus a lot quicker. You go, I don't know if I'm very perseverant. I, I need more perseverance. I need more courage to not give up. Well, according to the word of the God, where does perseverance come from? Suffering a whole lot. And there's the process of hope. Now, that's a rough, that's a rough process. But that's the reality of it, right? We want to go straight from suffering to hope. But God has built in a process of building hope even in the middle of the hurt and the challenges. And, and the process is this weird intersection of perseverance building character. And so if we don't give up, then that perseverance will be built. If you give up, you're not learning perseverance and your character is not going to grow. You're not going to find the hope that you're looking for. Your character will be built if while you're hanging in there, your radar is up. Hey, God, what are you doing? Why is this happening? What are you allowing this for? What's your character and nature in the middle of this? What do I need to learn about you? God, what do I need to learn about me? If you don't give up and your radar is up to learn something about God and about you, your character will be built. And as that happens then, the next time you face suffering and challenges, you go, ah, oh, I've been here before. And it's never easy. And I don't like it, but God got me through. He got me through before. He got me through that time when I was 12, and he got me through that time when I was 17, and he got me through that time when I was 34, and he got me through that time when the marriage was tough, and he got me through when my parent relationship was tough, and he got me through when the school situation was rough, and the friends that I had were treating me poorly. He got me through when, when work was a hassle. He got me through when the health scare was there. And now, all I see is my heart is stronger than it was before. And it's stronger because I can look back and see the track record of God, the faithfulness of God. Has life been easy? Uh-uh. Has God been faithful and present and good throughout the whole thing? Uh-huh. And that's a huge gift and a huge blessing for me and you. I'm sure glad Jesus didn't give up. I'm sure glad he persevered. I'm sure glad Jesus was this man of character and integrity that he was. Because the crazy thing is that Jesus' obedient suffering produced hope for me and you. See, Jesus actually walked the process himself. Don't forget that. He walked the process being a human being. Did he have to suffer? Yeah. Scripture tells us for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. What was the joy set before him that the cross was there in between? The joy was, I'm going to bring hope to people that would have no hope if it weren't for Jesus. And so, yeah, I'll walk this suffering, including the cross, and I'll persevere through it. And I will be allowed to bring hope, the hope of salvation. 
the hope of grace and mercy for all people that call on his name. That's our Jesus. And it was his faithfulness through suffering on the cross that brought me and you the hope. Philippians chapter two, it says, Jesus didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped or taken advantage of. But he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being found in human likeness, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. The attitude of Jesus was one of sacrifice. It was one of service. It was one of humility. What kind of heart produces that? It's a Christ-like heart. And that sort of heart that produces obedience to the Father, that produces humility, that kind of heart that produces a servanthood to anybody that comes across it, that's the heart I want. Isn't that the heart you want? That's, that's the beautiful heart of Jesus. And what he did for the cross on us was massive. And there at the cross, when he gets there, he's standing there, and he's saying, I will assume the place of all of you. You deserve to be here, not me. But I love you so much that I'm gonna be the one and only sacrifice that will be needed for all time. And he takes the wrath of God for sin on himself. And he dies there on the cross as a substitute for me and you. But then he didn't stay dead, did he? Three days later, he rose from the grave, proving that he had the ability to make dead things live. He conquers sin and he conquers death. And, and now he's alive in you and in me. He's, he's seated at the right hand of God right now, interceding for you, hanging in there for you, fighting for you in ways that you can't possibly imagine. In the meantime, we're just sitting here as recipients of this wonderful hope that this life isn't all that there is, of this wonderful hope that your sins will not be counted against you, of this wonderful hope that there is a God that loves you and his grace and mercy are never ending for you and your heart. And he's gonna walk with you every single step of the day, every single way you've got in the rest of your, your days here on earth, he's gonna be with you and then carry on into eternity. That's some real hope that you can hang on to. When I got the call that my dad had passed away was living in the central coast of California and uh, jumped in the car to head down to LA where my mom was. They were in Ireland. I didn't know if I was gonna have to jump on a flight to Ireland to be with my mom or by the time I got down there, my mom would already be on a flight to LAX. All I knew is I needed to get down there to either pick up my mom or get to Ireland. And uh, as I was driving down, um, I could not stop crying the entire time. And I was just trying to get there fast. And so I was speeding quite a bit. And I, I got just north of Santa Barbara and uh, I, I was going uh, way too fast. Came around a corner and there was a highway patrolman sitting right there. And as soon as I passed, I went, oh, you know, you get that feeling. If you are an officer here, we get a feeling. <laughs> um, and it's not a good one. Um, 
we feel really like it's like we're going to throw up or pee our pants or something all at once, and it's not pleasant. The lights came on behind me, and he pulls me over, and he comes up and uh, makes his way to my window, and I'm already in tears. Uh, girls, it doesn't just work for, for you. Um, <laughs> it can work for guys, too. But I was legitimately, like, I mean, the horrible, like, embarrassing, like, uh, snot coming out, heaving, you know, horrible, embarrassed. And he could instantly tell, like, okay, like, something's really, really off. And um, I'll never forget it, because I'm sure that this guy could get cited for it or written up for it, especially in, in these days. He reached in, he put his hand on me, and he said, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. I'm not going to write you a ticket. That's mercy. Mercy is not getting something that you and I deserve. When it comes to between us and God, like because of our sin and our disobedience, what we deserve is separation from him. And it's his mercy that says, I'm not going to give you separation. I stammered out, blubbered out. My dad just died. I'm on my way down. I don't even know how my mom's going to get back. He stopped me in the middle of the sentence, and he said, let me pray for you. And there on the side of the road, a California highway patrolman reached in and prayed for me right there on the side of the road. And if giving me mercy was not giving me a ticket, then praying for me was giving me grace. Grace is getting something that you don't deserve. And I didn't deserve anything other than punishment. And yet, he prayed for me. It was also this massive reminder at one of the worst days in my life, it was God reaching through the hand of that man saying, I see you. You're tearing down the road at almost triple digits, and I see you, and I got you, and my grace and my mercy are ever present for you. And that's God for me and you. Wherever your heart is at, there is hope for it in the truth that the grace and mercy of Jesus are never gonna run out and it's out ahead of you, it's behind you, it's to the left and the right of you. You're gonna experience some of his grace sometimes in supernatural ways. You're gonna experience his grace and mercy in ways through your daughter or through your daddy. You're gonna experience his love in creation. You're gonna experience his love through his word. And all of that is going to go to work on your heart and you'll be reminded that the best hope that you and I could ever have is in Jesus Christ. And I would just love to give just a brief moment tonight to allow you a little bit of that space as we close our time. Dom and the crew are going to come up and just create a little bit of space for us. And in a minute or two, uh, lead us in one last song. But before we get there, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, 
And he's made that clear to your heart, to your mind. Then I, I would encourage you. I would encourage you to step into that relationship with him. You, you might be a daughter here that's on the younger end and maybe you've been around church or whatever, but you've never said, yes, like officially, I, I, am, I want to be a child of God. I want Jesus to sit in the driver's seat of my life. That's what I want. Then tonight that could be you. Dads, it might be you too. I have no clue. But if you've never stepped into a relationship with Jesus and you're feeling like he's speaking to your heart, then maybe tonight's your night. Others of you, maybe, maybe you've drifted a little bit and it's been some time and your heart has uh, hardened up and he's been going to work over you the last 24 hours or so. And maybe this is just a time where you just recommit just between you and the Lord. You know, you're already a Christian. You're already a follower of his and he's not left you. But there's some, some new days ahead, kind of living in the hope that he's got for you. Well, you can take that step also tonight. Here's how it's going to go. I would love just to pray for you. And I'm going to leave some space right where you're at just to do business with God. And then I would like you to spend some time with each other. Um, if you need to hang back and just as a daddy and a daughter and just spend some time in here, then you can do that. Got the dance in a little bit. They're going to be flipping the room. But that doesn't mean you have to scurry out if you just need a little space. Or maybe you go back to your room or whatever. But if you need time to do business with God, then don't miss this opportunity. I'd love if you just bow your heads and close your eyes if you don't mind. And I'm just talking to that first group of you tonight that maybe you already, you're just saying, okay, I, I know I have never stepped into a relationship with Jesus and, and that's something I want tonight. Then for you, you're just gonna talk to God. There's no magic formula to this. He just loves the sincerity of your heart. And he just wants to hear it honestly from you. And it, you just talk to him, something like this. Jesus, please forgive me of my sin. I believe that you came and you died for my sin so that I could have a relationship with you. I want you to sit in the driver's seat of my life. Would you be the Lord of my life? You put it in your own words. If that's you here tonight, then something spiritual takes place. He adopts you into his family. And he declares some things about you. You're not his enemy now, you're his friend. You're not guilty. You're made righteous and holy. And you're given this amazing relationship with him for all of eternity. If that's you here and you've never stepped into a relationship with Jesus and tonight you're taking that step, then I'm going to ask you to make a kind of a tough move. If that's you here tonight, it might just be one person. I have no idea. I'm going to count to three, and if that's you, would you just stand up right where you are? It's important to stand up for our faith. 
And this is about as safe as an environment as you're ever going to be able to stand up for in this amazing camp, in this special room where God's been moving, with a family member close by. And so if tonight's your night and you're stepping into the relationship with Jesus for the first time, on the count of three, stand up. One, two, three. Awesome. 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 You can just stay standing for a second. God loves you so much, and you're precious to him. It's a bold move. It's a big step. And I'm grateful for the love that God has for you. It's never going anywhere. He's going to walk with you every single day of your life. And so, gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. We thank you for the hope that's found in you, the hope of salvation and rescue, the hope of grace and mercy beyond measure, the hope of a brand new heart to be able to hear in a different way from you and discern different things from you the gift of your spirit residing in us and the gift of life everlasting with you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Father, we pray protection over all those that are here tonight, every individual family that's represented. And I ask that you'd bring hope and you would be faithful to walk them through the process of hope, of persevering and character building that produces that kind of hope. Father, we're happy to stand tonight and just lift our voices to you. Thankful that you're the source of joy and peace and hope that will make our hearts glad. Do it now, even in this time that we've got. In Jesus' name, amen.